Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rambles podcast, starting with a topic, YouTuber K White falsely accused, strikes back with a vicious defense. Sorry this topic's a bit old now, it got skipped over by accident. So roughly two weeks ago, some allegations came out against the creator Kawice. So me and Kawice have never interacted in any capacity, but we follow each other on Twitter. Why? I don't know. Well, rather, he's liked some tweets that I've done, I've liked some tweets he's done, but we've never like directly spoken. But I got recommended this video two weeks ago. Kweiss just got cancelled. And it talks about how a person came forward to talk about some experiences they had with this creator four or five years ago. How they accuse Kweiss of uh, committing every terrible thing under the sun. I mean, sexual assault is probably like the the main claim, but uh, also just uh, gaslighting and... uh, and not caring about people and uh, using people and all this stuff. Like everything that you can possibly imagine a content creator could be accused of, Quiet was accused of. And so for two weeks, uh, Quiet was like dragged on Twitter. It got a lot of traction. This person's uh, accusations got like 80,000 likes. There were a lot of like cancel Quiet's hashtags going everywhere. Anyone who follows me, don't support Quiet's. This is the most disgusting stuff I've ever heard. So I, I watched this video and I was like, I don't really know this person. I don't know what to think about this. I'm just gonna leave it, right? I did end up going to my Twitter and I considered unfollowing the dude because I was like, maybe my small association with this guy could blow up in my face, but I didn't unfollow him because I'm like, that's just silly, right? I don't know if this is true. We'll just see what happens. We'll wait until he speaks out about such things and gives his side of the story. And there were a lot of people on Twitter saying the exact same thing. Like, look, maybe we shouldn't jump to conclusions. Let's see what this guy has to say. And so yesterday, quite released his video giving his side of the story the response was overwhelmingly positive and it's got two million views you can see people on twitter now being like all the people who were against quite silenced everyone deleting old tweets saying that quite was a bad person because he clears his name in the most brutal honest brave fashion i've ever seen these are my impressions that i had after i watched the video Hey mate, I'm unsure how to communicate this given that we are relative strangers, but I found your video in response to the allegations made against you to be incredibly brave, convincing, and well presented. Given how emotionally overwhelmed I felt by the time I reached the end, I cannot imagine what it must have been like to put it together over the weeks since you were accused, along with dealing with the accusations themselves. I am sorry for what has happened to you, and I hope that your words can spread and lift the stain that has been wrongly placed upon your name. While I will avoid commenting about the situation publicly on Twitter, as I do not want to potentially settle you with the negativity associated with my own brand, I will bring up your video in my Ramble series on the odd chance some of my viewers may have been too quick to judge and distance themselves to the degree that they will not see your response. I hope the positive response to your words will rekindle your desire to continue being a YouTuber. If not, I wish you all the best in whatever other avenues you take in life. All the best. Like, hopefully from that you can see that I found this very convincing and emotionally overwhelming that a person could deal with that much stuff and that much negativity. Like this dude was being called a rapist from every corner of the internet by so many people. And apparently these accusations didn't just come out two weeks ago. They kind of built up over time. Like these claims were made by uh, disingenuous people based on false information. And there was largely nothing he could do about it. This dude previously was a faceless creator like he used a a mask sunglasses a hoodie he didn't want to be revealed and this person who made up all these false accusations against him revealed his face for the world to see they revealed 
very private things about him that he clearly didn't want to reveal. And to clear his name, he further had to reveal things that no one should have to reveal to the public. The person accusing quite seemed uh, mentally unwell, a habitual liar in, in the grossest way possible. And the person, when this response came, like went on Twitter and like doctored some medical certificate or something to pretend that they were having some episode or something. I, I, I didn't want to look at it. It was just really, really gross. His accuser was a, as you say, a manipulative liar and a serial abu abuser emotionally. Yeah. I'm not communicating well how insane the person accusing quite comes off in this video. He comes with like receipts everywhere, like message logs from so long ago, dredging up like terrible things in his past. Like I just, I just can't tell you how much respect I have for this dude and how sad I felt by the end of this video, knowing he had to do all this at all. You seem like just such a nice guy who was treated the worst possible ways by this person and then the wider internet based on him doing nothing wrong at all. I highly recommend just watching the video. You gotta wonder, like even with him clearing his name in this way, will every person who distanced themselves from him hear about it? Will every person take the time to watch an hour and a half video? Of course not. Although you would think that the average person who just hears about this in passing is probably gonna hear the overwhelmingly positive response to Quiet's attempt to correct the record and will therefore conclude from that like, oh, I guess the accusations were bullshit, right? If you aren't willing to do the legwork yourself, you kind of just end up following the herd wherever they're leading, right? But certainly there are still going to be many people who believed his accuser and it doesn't matter what Quiet says, they will still believe them and how damaging that would be to see all the time. Like, I can't imagine. Like, I have a hard enough time with the people who sincerely believe that I think watching other people's YouTube videos is the same as date rape. Like, people unironically believe that of me. As silly as that sounds, people will convince themselves of just the dumbest things imaginable. And that's distressing for me. I can't imagine what this guy feels like. It's a sad event that fortunately has as happy an ending as could be for quiet, I, I suspect. I feel like his uncancellation created more noise than his cancellation to begin with. I don't know. I normally say it is in your best interest just to not respond and not apologize for anything, even if you're innocent. The people who like you will like you regardless and just assume good things about you. And the people who hate you will just continue to hate you and nothing will change, right? You just give the people who want to tear you down more ammunition. But in cases like this, where there is some serious traction with some serious allegations. Like the, as I say, the original tweet had like 80,000 likes and I guess hundreds of thousands of views. In situations like this, if you are innocent, it makes sense to make a response, right? Even while, yes, he would bring more attention to the accusations themselves, given how thoroughly, thoroughly he demolishes them, it was obviously in his, in his best interest to speak out. But you can see in situations, for example, Logan Paul, when he was accused by CoffeeZilla of running a scam with NFTs, Logan Paul coming out and like trying to defend himself and say, oh, these accusations are nonsense, blah, blah, blah. That did not help him at all. It just gave a bunch of channels more fuel to make more videos dunking on him, drawing more attention to the accusations against him. But part of the reason for that is that he was guilty. <laughs> Had... Logan Paul being able to defend himself and show that the accusations were false, potentially those videos would have made sense. But they still would have, regardless of what he said, added fuel to the fire. 
and given people more content for more videos on all the commentary channels, right? Whether or not you should make a response probably depends on the degree of traction the accusations have. Even if you're innocent, in some cases, it is not worth the time or the possibility of giving false accusations more air to respond. But if they've already got legs, everyone's already asking for a response. Potentially tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people who have seen them already. At that point, if you are innocent, maybe it yeah, makes sense to do a response. The worst apology I have ever seen has to be the Atrek apology. Not that he had anything to justify the damage that had been done, but still having his wife cry in the background just seems so air. That is a good example of a time when had Atriox said nothing, it would have blown over in like a week. But the thing that gained the most traction wasn't simply what he did, which for those who don't know was uh, looking at deep fake porn of uh, female Twitch streamers, a website that hosted this deep fake non-consensual uh, pornography of uh, people, even people that he knew. Not that he was necessarily looking at that material, but just he was on the site in general. Like that story, while sensational, was not as sensational as the clips of him, like, crying with his wife in the background, also crying while apologizing. Like, that went everywhere on Twitter. Tweets with hundreds of thousands of likes. It just gave people more stuff to talk about, to write articles about, to criticize. And you can imagine he wouldn't have done such an apology had he realized that people were talking about it more than simply in his little circle, right? He probably just didn't realize how mainstream the story was. Like, everyone was talking about it. Even people who, like, know nothing about Twitch, right? It was on every major publication in mainstream media. The apology would have been better if he said the same thing in a constructed format in an edited YouTube video. People would have not cared about it that much. I agree. If at any point you are going to respond to accusations or try to present an accounting for yourself of things that you've done, it is always best to do that in the most structured way possible where you can control the exact words that you're saying. So you don't inadvertently say or do something that can be taken out of context or communicate something that you don't intend. Because for example, I did not watch the entire live stream of Atriarch apologizing. For all I know, like that clip that went viral is an aberration. It's a, a thing that did not represent the entire live stream. Maybe, maybe his wife was just there for that minute. She was walking in to pat him on the head or something and walk out. And the, and the whole live stream maybe gave a better accounting for himself. I don't know. And I'll never know. And even if I was more interested, which I wasn't particularly, obviously the overwhelming vast majority of people are never going to find out that information, even if that's the case. Oh, to be clear, I'm not saying the live stream in any way vindicated him. I'm just saying that there's a reality where that could have been the case. I did learn more about what he was saying in the live stream where, yeah, as you say there, uh, he did say a lot of other things that made it come off like he was being disingenuous or... Uh, trying to justify himself in ways that weren't, weren't appropriate. GTA 6 set for 2024 release according to insider sources. Skyline says, Tom Henderson via Insider Gaming had this to say, According to my own sources, one of the major reasons for such a long-winded delay is that GTA 6 will release on current generation consoles only, with the tentative 2024 date being planned as far back as 2021. It was a means of ensuring that GTA 6 would have a sufficient console market to release on. Wouldn't it have been in their best interest to release at the end of the previous console's life? So they could have it on the old consoles, the new consoles, and PC? Or maybe they perhaps felt they'd be limited by the old gen? I just mean because that's what they did before. How they were on PlayStation 3, Xbox, and then they moved to the newer gen and then the newer gen later. I'm just interested to know if they're going to release it on PC along with consoles or have the 
delayed release again. I really hope they don't go the delayed release. But if it is on console first, I'm gonna play it there. I'm one of the most unlucky gamers of all time. So I was sitting at McDonald's, as you do, and I was scrolling through my phone and I saw that Game Ranks had released a video called The 10 Unluckiest Gamers of All Time. And I was like, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if I was included in this? <laughs> and I was. So I'm number four on this list, and it's just that event that happened a long time ago where I got a glitch that made my car levitate like this. Right when he was getting to this point, the game kind of just tossed his car up into the air and onto oncoming traffic. And by the time he recovered, he lost too much time. Now this is actually a bug. There was a random instance where the helicopter actually shot out his tires right before, but the game being tossed up into the air like that and over is a levitation bug that is well known. Yeah, at the time, I think I did know about it, but it was just very, very uncommon. There's an even better example of this where I got flown all the way to the roof and just went, what? But that wasn't in this one. The reason why this is probably in this list, despite it being so long ago, is an article was written about it in Kotaku at the time. This clip is how I found your channel. It may have been one of the first like huge events that gave me some mainstream uh, recognition or whatever. Cause it was devastating. At the time, this run was so good. Like I would have been like many minutes ahead of the competition and the, the run probably would have sat there for like a year maybe or something. It was just, it was just so good. But for the, these days, a time of what would have been like 6.32, that's nothing. That's probably like an, like an hour behind world record these days or something. Cause uh, you know, so much has changed in six years. I remember how pissed you were in that clip. Yeah, I was so mad. Good times. If someone um commented down here, Dark Rabbit is probably one of the unluckiest. He speedruns GT5, but the stuff that has low chances to mess him up happened to him all the time. But it's also crazy because he knows more about the game than anyone. Honestly, this probably isn't true. Just back when I would run so much, if you do something enough times, then uh, you're gonna have unlucky stuff happen to you, you know? And because I had some viewers, uh, a lot of it will get clipped and stuff. I responded here. Man, that run was insane by 2017 standards. I was so hyped and it was such a soul-crushing ending. Insanely slow compared to modern day runs though. Ha, huh? so much has changed. Current world record holder is unnamed 1223 on Twitch. Highly recommend checking him out as I am far from competitive these days. But when I watched this clip, I was like, I am so nostalgic for doing this again. I sat at McDonald's and I was like, man, I want to go home and just do a full run. And I, I don't care how bad it is, but I just want to do it. But you see me sitting here now not doing it because I don't have the energy. I know I wouldn't get through it, I'm just too tired. As I said here on Twitter, seeing that clip of myself from now six years ago, full of comparative passion for GTA 5 speedrunning, has made me really nostalgic. While I've done shorter categories and GTA Online speedruns, I don't think I've completed a full normal speedrun of GTA 5 in years. We'll change that soon. Multiple times over the years, I've gone through the entire run again, I've done all the practice, I've, I've built up some confidence that I can complete a full run, I've done runs of the smaller segments, built up at least okay times in all of those and just never followed through got distracted by something else some drama some you know no damage or whatever it is and i'm just older now and it's so much harder to focus and sit here for six to seven hours speedrunning is not that kind of thing you can do intermittently and still be good at it you gotta like grind it every day but i don't need to be super competitive i don't need to be the best i, I like my time is so out of date now, like if I was just decent at the run, I would improve on it by like half an hour. In real life takes priority. It's more that my content on YouTube and stuff takes priority. 
Like, if I have energy to do stuff, I want to be doing some creative challenge run or something that's going to make, you know, get a million views like the Cougar stuff for the nine millionth time doing a speed run of Grand Theft Auto V. But it has been so long since I've done a full run that I think that would do well on YouTube. But am I really interested in doing it anymore? Am I interested in doing full runs again? Am I interested in even trying to be competitive? I've done so many runs of Grand Theft Auto V. Is my nostalgia for GT5 speedrunning? Or is my nostalgia for being good and passionate about GT5 speedrunning? <laughs> to being in that mode of thought in that time of my life. Like GT5 is just such a really long game and it's so complicated and difficult these days. Every time you check unnamed stream, he's saying how shit the game is. <laughs> I mean, I'm, we're all kind of that way. I, I, aren't all speedrunners that way? Twitter backpedals on removing legacy check marks. So it's hard to know if this is just a joke because a lot of what happens on Twitter is a joke these days. Bus. On April 1st, what a day to pick, we will begin winding down our legacy verified program and removing legacy verified check marks. To keep your blue check mark on Twitter, individuals can sign up for Twitter Blue here. Organizations can sign up for verified organizations here. When there's a lot more quotes than there is likes, you can tell people are not happy. My take was, I'm sure some got Twitter blue originally to be like the verified people. Now what will it represent? Liking Elon Musk? Having poor financial sense? Being too obsessed with Twitter is already something mocked. Imagine paying for a badge to scream that of yourself to the world. I can't say I'll never get it if the value is one day there, but it's hard to conceive of how this app could ever give something worth a subscription. Uh, Lance McDonald says, It's funny because yeah, the original ad for the paid blue check mark said, get a blue tick just like the celebrities and influencers. Now the only people who want a blue check mark are Elon Musk tier two subs. It leaks somewhere that they're going to make it so you can hide that you're subscribed to Twitter blue if you really want to, because so many people just get soundly mocked for paying for Twitter blue. Twitter blue subscribers will be able to hide their blue check marks to avoid the shame. So I guess I'm gonna lose my verified check mark, a thing that originally protected me from impersonation, but I guess that's no longer necessary anymore. Cause reasons. Only companies deserve free check marks, chat. Twitter isn't for the people or about the people. It's about multi-million dollar or billion dollar corporations. They're the only people that Elon Musk cares about. But it is just somewhat silly how everything came sort of full circle. We had verified and like, if he didn't want some people verified, he could have just unverified them. But instead he made a duplicate verification badge and then replaced the original with that. And then just moved a small portion of the old verified people onto the new verification system, which is the gold check mark now. It's, it's so dumb. Even explaining it is dumb. So for the one millionth time, Elon Musk has said he was going to do something and he ended up not doing it. Shocker. It seems that rather than removing legacy verification, they have changed it to falsely suggest more people have Twitter blue than actually do. I suspect they want to get more people on board with the pay to speak path the platform has spiraled towards since Musk took over. I'm not specifically just talking about Musk's 7,090th plan he won't actually do, where he wants only verified accounts in the For You page. I suspect the threat of removing legacy check marks was out of the desire to inspire people to sign up. Like, oh, you're gonna lose it anytime soon, you better get Twitter Blue. Because obviously, Twitter Blue doesn't receive benefit when, you know, no one has it or whatever. If no one's in the For You page, or the popular people or whatever, then no one's gonna wanna come to the website because no one's gonna be visible making content in the For You page. I was listening to some data, I think from um, Marcus Brownlee or whatever, 
where like a substantial amount of people who have Twitter Blue are people who don't really make content for Twitter. It would not do much good for all such people to leave the platform or whatever. And certainly, if all the cool people don't have Twitter Blue, then it's going to less inspire people to, to want it. This is an outro. I hope your life is going well, and I wish you all the best.